We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Twenty minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day podcast. It is Thursday. It is the Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I am one half of your Thursday crew, Jason Perrone. You can also find me over at Game On Wisconsin. I do the Quick Slants podcast, and I am on Twitter at Jason Perrone. As some of you may know, Mark Eckel is on the mend and is going to be out of commission for a little bit here. So in his place, I have commissioned very good friend and also colleague, over at Game On Wisconsin. He is one-third of the Last Call Lambo podcast team. He is Monty Moore. Monty, welcome to Packaday Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Absolutely. And I'll let you introduce your Twitter handle because I think it, that honor should definitely <laughs> go to you. And then also tell our listeners, I, I mentioned Last Call Lambo, but where they can find what you do. Sure. Um, so uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Ferd Turgeson. It is F-E-R-D underscore T-U-R-G-E-S-O-N. And that is, of course, a wordplay on Turd Ferguson, the greatest Celebrity Jeopardy contestant of all time. By a mile. Rest in peace to Norm MacDonald. And yeah, I do uh, every Thursday. It is Aaron Alice and Sam and I, and we do Last Call Lambo. And it's uh, easily the highlight of my week. It's a blast every single week. So I, from what it sounds like people tell us, they have as much fun listening as we do making it. So that's the that's the dream. The first couple, I, I got to tell you, the first five minutes of that show are always golden. <laughs> They're absolutely golden. And if you're into puns, you will very much yes. enjoy Last Call Lambo. Also, kind of a neat, quirky thing, too. Monty turns his Twitter handle, I guess not yes. handle, but like your title. My display name. In, yeah, your the... display name. It is something that related to the most recent Last Call Lambo. So that's always a nice little teaser. I enjoy that as well. Thank you. Absolutely. So thanks for coming on. So we're going to talk about the Packers finally back in action after the bye week. They're getting ready to host the uh, Los Angeles Rams on Monday Night Football in Green Bay. It is going to be extremely cold. Winter has arrived in Wisconsin. And with that, and as I mentioned, we always start things off with the weather report. So 
I guess what we'll do since the game is in Green Bay is we'll start, we'll actually start with us in Phoenix and we'll wrap our way around to Canada, Europe, and then East Coast, and then we'll end in Green Bay. So since you haven't done this before, Monty, and I don't, I guess I don't want to put you on the spot, but oh, no problem. our local weather here in Phoenix, actually, this might give some people some something to enjoy and, and kind of laugh at us about, uh, at least in the <laughs> early part of the day. What's our weather like right now? It's so for us. You know, we're spoiled and we're, you know, we've gotten soft, but it, it's cold here for us. It's, uh, it barely hit 50 today. Uh, mm-hmm. this morning, this morning it was down to like 36. There was mm-hmm. frost on the cars. So we get it. We get to say it's cold. We do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, low of, low of 33. And actually that was colder than at least yesterday. It was colder than Chicago and Minnesota by a couple of degrees. Yeah. And we got no humidity to go with that. So that that air feels way more thin. Yeah, it's dry, dry and cool. But yeah, we're getting up in it. We're getting into the low 50s. And actually, it's supposed to get up into the high 50s, low 60s in in the next couple of days here. So it's still winter in Phoenix. I'm I'm kind of tongue and cheeking some of our listeners (laughs) because that's what I do. So then our friend Harry that's in Kamloops, Canada, which is in Western Canada. Winter is there as well. He says high of 25, low of 10. Eight hours of sunlight where his house sits on a mountain that's kind of blocked by direct sunlight. So there's actually a, uh, this is one of our regular listeners, and there's actually a period of time during the year where he gets no direct sunlight on his property for like four to six weeks. Wow. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's absolutely crazy. So that's, that's Harry and Kamloops. And then if we wrap around to, our usuals, uh, Stockholm, Sweden, actually Ricard, who we haven't heard from in a long time, 18 to 22 degrees, a couple inches of snow and gray skies in Stockholm, which is about average, I think, yeah. for this this time of year. And then our friend Felix in Offenburg, Germany, said last night the temperature went down to 15 degrees. It doesn't usually get any colder in his area there. So not going to change much in the next couple of days there. So that sounds kind of chilly, right? So that's Europe. Definitely. And then for us, that's really cold. That is very cold. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Uh, and I guess it's all it's it's all relative. Relative. Um, and then in honor of Mark, since he's not here, Myrtle Beach, it's 68 degrees, rainy. We're recording this on Wednesday night, so it's rainy. There's a 90% chance of rain. So there's a good chance that it's raining right now in Myrtle Beach, but it's not too incredibly cold. I know Mark's looking forward to getting back on the beach at some point. I don't know when that actually starts. Probably <laughs> start until like spring or something along those lines. But that's Myrtle Beach. And then in Hampshire, Illinois, where Isaac Hanks, our meteorologist friend, is, he always gives us a nice long breakdown of the weather. and A detailed uh, one. On and off cold rain, temperatures around 42, which to him he said is the worst kind of weather because it's just cold and wet. Cold and wet, yep. Just cold and wet everywhere. He is going to be at the game. So Isaac will be there. He said it's going to be the second coldest game next to the 2007 NFC Championship game. I know a lot of people that were at that one, that yeah. far, the Favre's last game. Yeah. The, the the other really cold Monday night game that comes to mind for me or just cold game in general is there was a game, I think it was that one against Atlanta of like a number of years ago. Yeah, or maybe a little more recent. It was the one where the Packers were up really big. Oh, Julio had a huge game. Yes. 2013. 2013 it was brutal brutal cold for that monday night game i remember that was the one people were sending me pictures like they would get a beer by the time they got to their seat it was, no. it was frozen no you know what that was 2014 that okay. was yeah shields yeah that was the, the weird game in between like they had just beaten the patriots yes and then they had the they had the it was a trap game yeah, and they, they almost they were, lost. They went up big. Yeah, they went up big and almost blew it at the end. Sam, they, okay, if I remember this correctly, this is Mark and I do this, so we're right on brand where we love to bunny trail. <laughs> so <laughs> if ripping. I remember correctly, Sam Shields, obviously their best corner at the time, was having trouble with Julio, and it was actually Devon House who stepped yes. in and actually was actually had better success. Yeah, because he's a little, he was a little bit he's a bigger corner, like he could at least body him a little bit. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, I just looked up. Yeah, it was that. I just looked up the game summary. Oh God, 2014. Yeah, the Falcons. The Falcons have, have have had. There's some interesting history with some of these teams in the NFC. The Falcons are definitely one of them. <laughs> had the NFC Championship game against them. That wasn't very competitive. The 2013 game I was talking about was actually a Matt Flynn game. Okay. I, I think it was Flynn, and I remember Jared Bush like getting it, or maybe I'm misremembering who the opponent was. But I thought 
I thought Jared Bush was getting into it with with somebody. I thought it was Atlanta. I can't remember. Uh, Tony Gonzalez. Okay. He, was, he yeah. said he was John with Tony Gonzalez. This was way back in the day, obviously. But yeah, great, great memories. Great memories for sure. I mean, it's even better when the Packers win the game. So speaking of, <laughs> so I, I mentioned it's going to be cold. So Monday, high of 16, low of three in Green Bay, cloudy. That's football weather. So for the rookies that aren't, you haven't played in, at Lambeau in, in winter and you got drafted and you're like, oh, I heard it's cold in the winter. You're about to find out. Yep. In a major, major way. So it's the Rams against the Packers. We haven't seen the Packers play since they beat the Bears, which is always a good day. They've been off. They've gotten healthy. And I think the latest, uh, there's no injury report that was uh, was released by the time we recorded this. But uh, and then Monty, correct me again too, as far as who didn't participate. Did anybody not? I, th- I think it was. I think it was just Ebeck. So okay. I think uh, Ro- yeah, they Rogers had the tape off his thumb. Said that his thumb felt better, his ribs felt better. So uh, Dobbs looks like he's going to play. So it's kind of this is the healthiest they've been in a while. Obviously, they're still down some guys, but from this like stretch of these last five or six games, this is the healthiest that they've been in a little bit. Yeah. Which makes sense. It's the bye week. But then right, there was yeah. all kinds of debate and talk about whether they should have taken an earlier bye week. It's too late now. It doesn't really matter. But I, I, like I've been saying for a long time, I just hope Matt LaFleur learns. And, and maybe it was more than just LaFleur. It could have been Brian Gutekunst and others in the organization because they did have a choice, apparently, with where they yes. got their bye week. And I, I think they expected to be in a much different position right now. And they thought, okay, we can survive it. Well, they didn't survive it. The only thing that's come out of it that's silver lining, and it's not really great for the Packers because it's part of the reason why they're having such a hard time pushing to the playoffs is a lot of the teams they've lost to are better than thought. I mean, they're, they're all in contention for the playoffs. Yep. Right now. Yeah. I mean, those, those those commander and giants losses, they lions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, the, you look at the, the commanders game and the giants game, right. And Yes, like those teams are better than we thought, but they still had double digit leads in both those games. So it's like you still feel like they absolutely should have won them still. Mm-hmm. But look, yeah, looking back how those teams have gone on and done since those games, yeah, they were better than we thought. Yeah. Five and eight and seven and six is kind of different. Yeah. Right? You feel way different about yourself. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. you're in a much different situation right now. Yeah. I mean, the Packers have to win all the remaining games. We've, we've heard it ad nauseum as far as all of the percentages and everything else like that. I mean, it's not mathematically necessary that they have to win all four games, but they have to win all four games. So let's be realistic. If they lose, because you already need, you already can't have New York or Washington win more than one game. One. And they play each other this weekend. So if they tie again, I'm going to break something. That tie is going to really, that tie is going to be fascinating. the, The fact that they actually have a tie on the record. I mean, that's going to screw up a lot of stuff at the end of the year. Already has for better, for better or worse. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, we'll see what teams it, it ends up affecting, but. Oh yeah. It, it already has. It's that's, that's completely thrown a wrench into everything, but that's what <laughs> makes the NFL fun Yep. to watch. So when we look at the, we saw the Rams take on the Vegas Raiders on Thursday night, and they had this improbable comeback victory with Baker Mayfield being released from the Panthers. We found out early last week that, he was going to be released, and he was picked up by the Rams. There was a lot of talk about where he was going to go. I'm sure there were some yep. Packers fans that wanted Green Bay to pick him up, too. It's, it's always the <laughs> case. Want, yeah, they want a, a, anyone available for any reason. Always. Yep. And then, so he ends up getting picked up by the Rams, and I I think we all didn't want him to go to the, to the Niners. Everyone thought the Niners were going to pick him up, and they'll look, yes. look what Brock Purdy's been able to accomplish. I mean, he, yes. just, he just took down Tom Brady and the and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. <laughs> And he, might, he might not have a better game than that ever again, and he did it against Brady. So. Right, right. So that's you know they're they're in great shape over there. But so Baker comes in after well, Wolford has to go out for the Rams. I think he took maybe what like three or four snaps. He was hurt. Yeah, coming yeah. in and Baker comes in and, and plays and he he does okay and he he leads them to the big comeback victory. Very. There's been a lot of comparisons, and I know Baker was a huge Far fan. He had that whole like. He re- he mimicked the Favre draft phone. Oh, the draft picture. Picture. Yep. I remember that. And he pulled out a very Farvian effort in his first game as a Ram, and he seems pretty pumped up. So this game is taking on a little bit of a different complexion. Although going on the road, still being new to the team, playing in the elements. Now let's not forget Baker Mayfield was here about this same time a year ago with the Browns, and 
he had a not so great game. The Ram, the actually the Browns almost won that game because Nick Chubb ran all over everybody. Yeah, dude, and, I'm, I I got the I pulled up the stats because I just wanted to remember. Yeah, Nick Chubb averaged seven point four yards a carry in that game, and so only it, got seventeen carries. So as many yards, <laughs> okay, so as many yards as the Packers gave up to the Eagles a couple weeks ago. It's the the optics of what Nick Chubb did seemed like he got 350 yards in that game because yeah. it just seemed like every time he touched the ball, he was just falling forward way past the line of scrimmage, second level, third level. Yeah, I mean, they 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 only gave him 17 carries in a game. They lost by two and he was averaging almost seven and a half yards a carry. And like, they needed that's... they needed Rasul <laughs> to step in front of a not so great pass by Baker to seal it. Yeah, four, so that that's four, four picks. Yeah, there's a there's a great combo, um, and and we're you know we're we're focusing on the on the defense for this show. There's a great combination of opportunity here for the Packers because Matt Lafleur and the Packers defense in general kind of I'm not going to say they own the Rams, but they've had great luck against McVay and that system, and they looked great last year against Baker Mayfield. So now you're going up against two two guys that you've done very well again so so whatever whatever mojo or juice they've kind of lost they should be able to kind of get that back on monday they should feel pretty good about themselves you could use matt stafford out there throwing one to rasul again that was pretty exciting (laughs) yeah that was that was that was the he was right in the middle of having a pick six in what like two games in a row or three he did yeah i think the rams was the first one then he got one against the bears the following week the bears yep and Justin Fields. And that was a game that was a qual last year. I mean, the Rams ended up winning the Super Bowl. They were a contender, and that was a very quality win. I think that was their last quality win they had. And then they I think so. The only the only other then they they beat the Vikings and Sean Mannion. That wasn't Kirk Cousins. They lost to yep. the Lions with Jordan Love starting and Rodgers on the bench. And yeah. for, for most of the for most of the game. And then they get taken down by the Niners. So yeah. that was that was a game that that was we were excited about. Now Fast forward a year later, typically the Super Bowl champions that, you know, they don't have a, they don't repeat and they don't have as much success the following year, but the Rams have really fallen off and they've had some health issues right now. Cooper cup has missed some games. Aaron Donald's been out. We don't have an injury designation, so we're not sure what the situation is. I mean, Cooper cup, I don't think we're going to see him for a while. If at all, we were talking about that before we started, his yeah. injury was real bad. I, I can't, I can't see why they would possibly try him out there, especially for this to be the game. They bring him back for, like we said, it's going to be freezing cold. Like that's just there's there's no reason to bring him back for for this game. Right. No, I don't think so either. It it is going to be cold. So I and I'll just I'll just say this too as we're as we're looking at and and I I always deviate a little bit here. The the one thing I'll say about the offense is Christian Watson. Please make sure your hamstrings are warm. Make sure you're ready <laughs> yeah. to go because Jalen Ramsey's a great corner, but he cannot run with Christian Watson. So no. So yeah, it, you're gonna have a great opportunity here for you know Ramsey Adams always kind of abuses him Those so, to, so to, go, to go from to go from covering tay last thursday now if he's gonna have to try to stick with christian watson like he could have he's gonna he could have a rough couple of weeks yeah it's gonna be it is gonna be tough for him it really will but as far as as the rams go on offense they're just they're struggling everywhere and yeah. so and the and the past but the thing is is that they also really don't have much going for them right now. So mm-hmm. if you've got kind of the the whole like effort thing amongst the team, like we have nothing to lose, and I can't think of a more effort quarterback on any game, <laughs> given day than Baker Mayfield, the yeah. Packers are going to have to come ready to go. Like, I, And I, I'm sure they will. Aaron Rodgers is starting this game, and defensively they should have everybody out there. They're going to have to be ready and and get off the field and keep the defense rested and just let the offense do what they do. This is going to be this is AJ Dillon time. And again, I know we're not an yeah. offensive show, but like part of the best defense is a good offense. So if yeah, you let the field, yeah, just seven eight minute drives by the by the offense. But if everyone's healthy, there's four weeks to go. There's a lot of young players uh, on the defense that we want to see play well and. I guess I'll start with the first rounders. These last four games, I want to see Quay Walker at, you know, kind of mature. Yeah, I want yeah. to I want to see him mature and become more of a player in the run against the run. I think he's he's great downhill and he's got really good speed side to side, but help in run support and I want to solve the mystery of Devontae Wyatt. 
and why we're not seeing as much of him on the field. Because if this, and especially if it, if the Packers get eliminated and they're not, they're not playing for anything anymore, then you have to put these young guys out there. And we're going to see those guys because now it's not like, oh, it's going to maybe hurt our playoff chances. But it is interesting to me why it doesn't play more snaps. Uh, there were some tea leaves that Joe Barry threw out there that indicate to me that he might not be, from a rookie perspective or from an NFL perspective, mentally ready to embrace his role. I don't know if that's the same mm-hmm. perspective you got on that. Yeah, so I mean... I, I just think he, he's one of those he's one of those guys, yeah, he has not played enough snaps. But when he's out there, there there's you know, you'll there'll be a play where they push the pocket or, you know, he you know, he makes a great makes a great move and tackles, you know, tackles a back just, you know, just past line of scrimmage. And you're like, Oh, who was that? You're like, oh, that was Devontae Wyatt. Like he's flashing a little bit now that he's getting a little more playing time. But yeah, like you said, I mean, these it let the let the young guys get the get the run right now and especially He's, he's a first round pick. It's not like, you know, he's a guy that on the practice squad, people have been excited about Tyler like, Lancaster. He's not yeah, that like you, you invested a first round rounder in and let him play. And I'm fine. If he plays over Dean Lowry, like, we know what you have in Dean Lowry, whether or not he's going to come back. You already know what you got there. You might as well let him, let him get some run. He was your first round pick. And yeah, you, you talked about Quay Walker. There's, I feel like almost every game he makes one play that not another linebacker on this team can make like that play he made on Justin Fields last week where, you know, he was kind of spying and he beat him to the spot. Like not, there's not another linebacker on our team that could do that. Right. So he's, he's, he's definitely taken rookie lumps, but he leads, you know, I know they just had a bye week but before that he was leading all rookies in tackles. So, you know, clearly he's, he's effective and he's producing when he's out there. He's just making rookie mistakes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Yeah, and then you've got the, then you've got the back end too, the, deep, the secondary, which has had its ups and downs. And those aren't necessarily rookies. I mean, those are, are players yeah, I mean, that we're familiar with. Jair's had his up and ups and downs. I think hopefully he's ready to make a big push. Uh, if nothing else, listen, you got Jalen Ramsey on the other side. Don't let him, right. uh, don't let him upstage you. you. Right. Yep. Rasul is always ready. He's ready for anything. I, I think I, I don't know if uh, it sounds like I guess uh, Savage wasn't put on IR. Right. So he he should yeah, be no, he should be available. Now, what's interesting yeah. is, is how they're going to use him. 
because before right. he got hurt in the Eagles game, I think they finally had, I, I swear, I don't know why these coaches don't read Twitter more often. We have all the great ideas on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, they just don't read them and do them. And so <laughs> finally they moved Savage out of that tr- traditional safety role. And I don't know if they did it in the, in the Dallas game, but he did have a pass breakup in that game. I know it because I was there. And mm-hmm. I remember like saying, was that 26 with his hand on a ball? Like we yeah. just haven't, <laughs> we haven't seen that. And in fact, he wasn't starting against the Eagles, even though he was healthy to start that game as Rudy Ford. So, and Adrian Amos has, has really had a down year. Yeah. And I, picked, and I, I just with Amos, Amos picked a really bad year to regress. I mean, he was contract playing for yep. playing for a contract and to go from someone that has been, and again, like he's never been spectacular, right? He's, but, the best thing about him is you knew he would always be in the right spot. He was always solid and he was never going to be a liability. And yeah, it just seems like this year for whatever reason, he's two steps slower. Yeah. It's weird. It's, it's it's weird. He, he had a huge play against the Rams last year. I think he came up and stuffed a fourth down run and it was, it was, it was him that made the tackle and he was doing those kind of things. And he was good for two or three picks a year. Always played really well against the Bears. Didn't really need him to play that great against the Bears this year. They won yeah. anyway. But just stuff like that. But you know what's what's interesting with, in addition to that too, I'm sure Brian Gutekunst is saying the same thing, Mont, because he's got to figure out the whole safety position now because, he, I, you know, I, I'm wondering if, if Amos has even just an average year for himself. If they mm-hmm. don't keep him for another year or two, they give him another year or two to come in and say, hey, just stay here. We need somebody dependable back there if we're going to move on from Darnell or we're going to move Darnell Savage into a different position and if they don't feel confident that Rudy Ford is their long term then they might have to go high in the draft to find a safety maybe they I don't know if they go free agent they don't have a ton of money so it's it's going to be really interesting to see what what happens there but I I in a Baker Mayfield game with Savage and Amos both struggling I will say this about Rudy Ford as a gamer I feel better with him back there than anybody because if Baker's going to screw no, up, yeah, Rudy no Ford has been making quarterbacks pay this year. Yeah, I mean, the he had a fantastic game against the Cowboys. Um, and at least the, when you got a guy out there like Rudy Ford, Savage is making mistakes, yes. Rudy Ford will make mistakes also. But he he's playing way more decisive. So if he's making these mistakes, it doesn't look like it's out of confusion. It's more out of aggression, which – this entire defense could use more of that. So like you, you might as well make those mistakes at a thousand miles an hour because good things happen when you're in the right place at the right time, when you're actually being aggressive. I just think it's an, it's, it's, it's going to be kind of fun to watch what the Packers do. Cause they can scout the heck out of the Rams, but they don't have a lot of Baker on tape and it's going to be a lot of off script, off platform stuff. Like if it was mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford, it's their typical offense where, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine who who did some film work and was looking at what the Rams do because he coaches youth football. And he said, if you watch the Rams, they they have a really simple concept where they've got two receivers on one side. One guy runs an, runs a deep, um, you know, runs a, a go, a nine. Mm-hmm. And the other one runs an in. And Stafford basically just has to watch what the safety does. And wherever the safety goes, he throws the other one. And <laughs> I don't know that, ba- I mean, it's true. It's worked. I mean, it, it worked for such yeah. a long time. And they, and when you have dynamic receivers, when you have a healthy, you know, OBJ last year and Robert Woods in the past and Cooper cup, you can run that offense. Cause they're going to get open, whether the defense knows that it's coming or not. But now it's just kind of like Baker's crazy. I mean, he's, he's just, yeah, he's, he's, he's crazy. So he's, how do you, he's you know, truly playing, he's truly playing with nothing to lose at this point, right? He's been, this is his third team and mm-hmm. you know, he's getting, he's getting cut by teams and yeah. So he's, he's, he's embracing this. This is probably my one last chance. Right. Um, but I mean, the, the, the good thing for the Packers defense is, I mean, the Rams just cannot run the ball at all. I, they, they can't run the ball whatsoever. Which and, is weird. Cause that's not, that's never, you know, they, they were right. so I mean, good for a long time. It's a staple of their, you know, it's a staple of what their concepts are, mm-hmm. but the, when you're, you know, we've been worried about, you know, being able to stop teams on the ground. This is a, this is yet another game where it seems so easy on paper, right? This team can't run the ball. So you either just focus on that, completely take it away and then let Baker Mayfield throw you a couple, but you know, the, this pass rush has not been very good. Um, obviously Gary getting hurt doesn't help that. Um, but they, I mean, I think Barry has played pretty well. Like he's, he's shown a lot of rookie flashes, but they're just not getting consistent enough pressure. And 
again, like this is this is a game where if you can even bother Mayfield a little bit, I mean, who are you worried about? Allen Robinson? I mean, Van Jefferson is good, but I mean, certainly not. The, the, it's not the Eagles receiving core that you just faced a couple of weeks ago where any one of those guys can burn you at any time. Yeah, Jefferson had a long touchdown last year, and the safeties aren't known for being able to cover deep, which sounds really scary. So then it's like, and neither is neither does Rasul. I mean, if Rasul has to track a receiver, that that's not a great that's not his strength. Yeah, and I don't so, want to see Rasul on two two Atwell on the slot or anything. <laughs> and he's slippery. He's a, he's yeah. a you know he's a small, but he's a slippery guy. And that's the thing is, are gonna gonna need? I'm probably gonna need some help in a, another big game from. Devondre Campbell. Now, Quay Walker, that's the other thing about Walker is those coverage skills that I thought were going to develop or that I know the Packers want to see from him because they want to use that speed. But he just is yeah. like drinking through the fire hose as a rookie, and he's not quite ready to, to do that. But they're going to need him to help out in that in that capacity because you've got to use that speed for the right things. And covering some of those quicker receivers, yeah, you're going to run nickel and you're going to have a corner on them to begin with. But you you also have to, to rely on your best players and if you can also be a little bigger out there too, even if the Rams do decide to run the ball, because I'll tell you what, I hear all the time, so-and-so and such and such team doesn't run the ball. And then they end up putting up over 150 on the Packers. <laughs> yep. Green Bay time. is just, you know, if there's a team that doesn't run the ball, well, you can get healthy against Green Bay if they have yep. one of their typical bad games where they don't, they don't get up there and stop that whole situation. But Joe Barry, because, you know, we, you haven't, uh, you know, I don't know if, when the last time was that you were, you were on pack a day, but Want your take on Joe Barry because we need some fresh takes on it. We've all I've talked about it. Mark has talked about it, and getting getting this team prepped and and ready to play these last four games with everything that's been said. I mean, it's it's crazy because if you're Joe Barry, isn't it weird every day that you wake up, people are are filling your <laughs> job, you people yeah, are I mean... filling your position. So, yeah. and, and I, and I think changes have to be made. And I do think that's one area the Packers are going to make a change at the end of the season. But what is your take on, on Joe Barry, this defense, these last four games and some of the challenges that it presents and how confident you are? I mean, I, it's one of those things that if, if they don't make a change there, then I think you immediately have a lot worse outlook of like, if Matt LaFleur is the right, like the right guy to coach, because it's so glaringly obvious and it's unfortunate though, that, you know, when you, when you hear Joe Barry get up there and say things like, I don't ever second guess myself or regret things like you, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like there's any accountability on his part at all. And Matt does what he should, right? He's the coach. So he gets up there and will always take the blame, but he like will deflect the blame from Joe Barry. You know, he said multiple times, like, well, Guys were in the right place, but they just need to tackle better, which, I mean, that's part of the defensive coordinator's job is to coach coach that part up. But, yeah, he's just not – I mean, we shouldn't be surprised by the results. I mean, he was never good, right, at any other place that he was the defensive coordinator at. Um, Sean McVay didn't make him his DC when he was on his staff already. And it's just – yeah, I mean, there's no excuse. They – we – just like every other fan base, we probably slightly overrated talent position by position on the defense, but we have seen it play well. So it's not like it can't play well. Yes, Devondre regressed. Yes, Rasul regressed a bit, but they're not bad players. And you've got you've got what should be a stud at every level of your defense, mm -hmm. at least one. Should be. And yeah, you can't you can't have these results when you've got the covered pretty stock, like they've, they've invested a lot money and draft pick wise. The other thing that, that LaFleur said too, was that we're communicating it, which says to me that he's in the room or at least understanding what's being communicated to the players. And he's confident with what's, what they're being asked to do. They're just not doing it. And so then it, it brings up the question of, are they going rogue? We know Jair was really frustrated yeah, he, when, he does not seem to like playing in this defense right now at all. <laughs> yeah, and I, there's, I mean, he was just, he was really, really out there in the Eagles game. I mean, if there's a crowd that, that you probably want to be careful being really demonstrative yeah. to, it's in Philly. Yeah, uh, was, and and, and I think the reason him. that he survived it and it didn't like go too crazy was because the Eagles won the game and they were up yeah. pretty big and Green Bay closed the gap, but they were like, whatever. But it's it's obvious that there's there's some changes that are needed there, 
I don't know that Joe Barry is is necessarily a bad coach, bad coordinator, but every situation is different when you put somebody in it and it doesn't yes. it doesn't work for everybody. I mean, just look at Josh McDaniels. I mean, he's he's been so good as an offensive coordinator in New England, but the two times that he's been a head coach, he started out hot in Denver, but that didn't last long and the Cutler disaster. Just each time. Yeah, the Cutler disaster and all that did was get Jay to Chicago, but actually I do appreciate that, so I want to thank Josh for that. <laughs> if he helped push push Cutler to Chicago cuz that brought us a lot of great memories. A lot of joy. Uh future Packer Hall of Fame quarterback, Jay Cutler, that is. <laughs> and then now in, in Vegas, I mean, this the the ending is yet to be written, but it's it's been not a not the greatest. I mean, and they just collapsed and fell apart against the Rams, who yeah. had Baker Mayfield in the house for two days. So my, I think my favorite thing about you know what McDaniels is that situation, they can't even afford to fire him. So mm-hmm. he's stuck. Like he's he's gonna be the coach. Um the the Rams, the the one thing we talked about this before the show though, my my favorite thing about this game is this is the game that the Rams wanted to play in London. They yeah they asked the league they're like oh we'll go to London and then the league said no you can go to Green Bay on a Monday night in December, December? instead. <laughs> Listen, you just won a championship, so take your lumps. Yeah, and- we like we you played it at home, you won. Yeah, suck it up. Yeah, and they are definitely taking some lumps there. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess we kind of looked at every area of the defense, and now it just kind of comes down to what I always say, and and my cheesy take on it is the desire and the want. Like they're just gonna have yeah. to, they're gonna have to to show up and play and act like their backs are against the wall. Like they have to win this game. They can't take. It's crazy to think a five and eight team of taking another team lightly, but it's it's like a seven point spread. Packers yeah. are favored by seven. I know they're at home, but that just seems like a lot for a Rams team that me, me is too. a little bit rejuvenated. Yeah. I mean, this is the, when you look at the rest of the schedule, this is probably, I mean, we've, this team can lose to anyone. We've seen them play very bad all year. Right. Um, but this is probably the last game on the schedule where you can look at it and say, they could like, they could, win this game by a lot if they play up to the potential that they've been playing the last couple of weeks. They like this is a game where they could get their swagger back for these for the for the remaining three after this. Um because obviously you got the Dolphins, then you've got the Vikings. And we're not, you know, we're not even going to talk about our team's going to be resting guys at the end of the year and stuff like that. But this is just the last game where the team coming in is going to come into a hostile environment. Like fans haven't seen Packers play in two weeks. Like it's a, the Lambo will be rocking. It's going to be cold. So this like this is it could be a a get right game. Three for, of the last four at home. Yeah, that three of the last four at home for all that they didn't accomplish in the middle of the season, starting with that London game. They're at least ending in Green Bay. And I I'll I'll tell you this: if the Packers have any life left, mm-hmm. and they're not eliminated, spoiler alert: the Vikings and the Lions are coming. Like they do not yeah. want to let Green Bay sneak into the playoffs that is still Aaron Rodgers his thumb is feeling better Christian Watson Romeo Dobbs like you don't want none of that smoke so yeah I I can tell you right now the only way we're gonna see the Vikings and Lions lay down or is if they've got something locked up and the Packers are out or if the Packers are out maybe they they take it lightly and it doesn't matter because yeah if 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 they're still in any type of contention yeah they will they will put their full focus and effort into making sure they don't get in. Yeah. I mean, the thing, the thing is, is I, I, I don't know if the the Packers could easily not win this game. I mean, we'd have to be foolish to think that they can't lose to the Rams. Cause like you said, they could lose to anybody, but I feel like what they're going to do is, is they're going to, they're going to beat the Rams and we're going to have hope. And this is going to come down to this very stressful day game on Christmas day. Yep. (laughs) Like, Against Miami. Against against Miami, and we'll see what happens with Tyreek and whether or not he's healthy or if he plays in that game. You know, the Dolphins look like they've come down to earth a little bit, but I, I don't I mean I don't like that matchup on the road. I think the weather will be more favorable, but it's it's always tough to play down there. And we all know about the whole Packers and Rodgers in Florida thing. <laughs> Doesn't tend to play his best football games down there, but he does have that twenty. Speaking of twenty fourteen, that was the fake spike game to Devontae 
to, oh, that's to, right. to beat the Dolphins. To beat Miami, yeah. And they snuck they they snuck a win there and they ended up beating Miami and, and it was a great, great game. Corliss with the game winner at the end. Game it was Devontae yeah. Devontae to move the sticks on fourth down and Corliss with the game winner. So and that well, was it was it was Jordy on fourth down. Oh, was and it? Then, yeah, and then they got down close to the goal line there, and that was when you know Tay kind of saw the Rogers little hand signal. They knew it was going to be a fake spike, and then he actually had the wherewithal to get out of bounds with like two seconds left. So, right. yeah, that was that was that was a great ending to a game. That Some was Tay's time. rookie year too. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you were looking for signs that he could be great. It was it was his rookie year, and then yep. 2015 he got hurt, and everybody was when like, "Oh, hurt. Janice over, <laughs> Janice over Adams, <laughs> over Adams." I <laughs> know, uh, just absolutely craziness, uh, craziness there. But I guess one one other thing we can talk about here is special teams and how they seem to have come together a little bit. I mean, the the, the long snapper Coco's had some low snaps. It is yeah. what it is. I don't think you're necessarily going to fix that. Mason Crosby, hopefully his back feels a little bit better. He's had two weeks off. Yes, because they're going to need him to to through the rest of the season. Pat O'Donnell's has kicked well or punted well, but this is the kind of weather where I feel like if the Packers can do something over their heads a little bit on special teams, that's how you steal some wins against teams like Miami and Minnesota. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it is kind of crazy how we're so used to the special teams being bad. I mean, we're still missing extra points in games and like, but we kind of shrug them off, which is hilarious. Like that we're that used to it, but yeah, they, the Cardinal sin, one of the Cardinal sins of the season for sure. I tweeted this out earlier this week that I can't believe they had Nixon sitting on this roster from day one and they just continued to let Amari return kicks. Like they, Nixon has been on this team the entire time. It's not like they picked him up mid season. He was there all camp all this stuff. And they just kept letting Amari return over and over and over again. And what do you have? Two 50 yard kickoff returns against the bears. Yeah. Last week. Yeah. And didn't fumble <laughs> by the way. Didn't, yeah. And didn't fumble. <laughs> <laughs> kind of important. Well, I'll, I'll just say this, you know, it's not, we're not a Houston Texans show, but I'm really happy that Amari had the game. He did in Houston. I hope he has a nice career because yeah. third round pick, you know, there were some questions about where, was he misused in green Bay? I don't know. I think part of the problem is that, with this quarterback, you you have to make your name and you have to make your way pretty quickly, or yeah. the targets just aren't going to be there. And the and writing was receiver, on the wall. Which receiver are you taking away? Right, and that's the other thing too. Yeah, Jake Westendorf asked that question too. Who are who are you playing over uh, Amari over uh, over him over? And yeah. nobody on the on the depth yeah. chart right now. I mean, I I would put Samari Ture out there before I put Amari Rogers out oh, there. No question. You know, yeah, no he's question. he's just. But you know, it, it, so maybe maybe they didn't do what they needed to on on offense, but on special teams, it there is no executive GM in this league that isn't guilty of hanging on to their pride, their ego, their draft pick, and saying it's going to work, it's going to work, it's going to work. I swear, one more. It's it's like it's like the guy who's like out there like taking swings and it's like you know the the curveball machine and he can't hit one he's like i'm gonna hit one that's gonna happen and 50 swings later he still hasn't hit one and i think that's that's hurt his shoulder swinging so hard yeah i think that's (laughs) i think that's what happened with with amari and finally they they had to take him away from the coaching staff so he was not an option anymore and he just you know he performance-based business he was not performing and in the worst way he was costing the team games and yards and it just had to be done but they finally figured it out now and I, hopefully they don't overthink it moving moving into next year I mean maybe if there's a little bit of magic left this year I don't know but I want to see at least some fun competitive football these last four games if, if they're not going to make anything of the season and unfortunately if things don't fall their way or they don't get past Miami and no one's I don't think anybody would would be too shocked if they don't beat the Dolphins like if they don't no, beat no, if yeah. they don't beat Miami I, maybe they play a great game and they they crap it away at the end and you feel bad walking away from it. But on paper and looking at the situation right now, this is just, it's a tough road that the Packers have put themselves in. And I said on slants earlier this week that I don't know if it's really a more convoluted NFC because of the way this season has gone, or if I just don't pay attention to the six and seven seeds and how weird it is to get in it and how much is needed yeah. to get into the playoffs every year for most of those teams. Cause my team is usually well already locked up. 
And sure. so I don't care about the scenarios. So maybe this happens every year, but I feel like this year is a mathematical, like just, you know, eye crosser. It's just, yeah. it's, I mean, there, there's so many bad teams. I, I mean, especially so many bad teams in the, in the league, but especially the NFC. I mean, the NFC has generously, what, four actual contending teams, maybe five, if right. depending on how you actually feel about Minnesota. Yep. So if this whole thing about the Packers could win out and back their way in, like that to me doesn't say much about how good the Packers are. That's purely a reflection on how bad the rest of the field is. Right. It really because I mean, the, the Vikings Vikings only have three losses with four games to go and they still haven't clinched the division. Like that's crazy to me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and the weird thing is is it's not the Packers that are pushing them. It's right now it's Detroit. It's the Lions, yeah. <laughs> but the way the schedules the way the schedules shake out, I mean the, the NFL somehow always gets it right. Their little crystal yep. ball. Like the drama and the the fun of it all is is gonna carry with us this entire rest of the way. So I guess the only thing left to do is is pick this game. So as far as the defense holding the Rams in check and the cold weather, they haven't played in two years. And let's not forget also, Matt LaFleur's teams have not played well coming off a of rest, off of week off, in the either yeah, in the playoffs know. or in the regular season. They, they have not played well coming off of the bye. So with all that said and done, when the Packers finally take the field on Monday night, how do you have this one shaken out? So the, it, it's very interesting to me that McVay is really the only buddy that LaFleur has good history with and success <laughs> against beating. So I think that continues. I mean, I think the fact that the, you know, the Rams are literally paying are playing a quarterback that has only been there less than two weeks. So uh, I think if, if at any point green Bay gets out to a double digit lead, I don't think this is one that, that they, that they are going to surrender and blow it. I have it being kind of that frustrating game, but I'll say, I'll say the Packers win this one. I'm going to say 28 to 17. Ooh. Like I, I, I think the offense could be Dobbs is coming back along with Watson still emerging. Like, you know, he's still ascending. So that opens everything up before Watson exploded. Dobbs was this, the best receiver on this team, or at least the most consistent. So now that you've got them both playing again and fingers crossed, they, they actually play the season out together. I think it, it, it's a big boon for the offense overall. And Aaron Jones is going to continue to do his thing. And like you said, this could be a big AJ Dillon game. He's been pretty good against Philly and Dallas, like, or uh, excuse me again. Well, yeah, Dallas too. Dallas, Philly and the bears. So he's, he's, he's getting more carries and he's kind of rolling and now it's late in the season and it's cold. So this is when you expect him to, you know, impose his will on another team. You just asked, motivated me to take a look at the over under it's 39 and a half. Okay. So you have the over. I got the over. You've got the over. I have the Packers winning this game. I think they'll win. You know what score actually popped into my head first was 17-14. That's way under. Okay. Yeah, that's I, way I, under. It's way it's way under, but the the cold and I don't I know. know. I mean, if it's long windy. drives and that's great. If it's long drives and eating clock, then you're not going to have as many points, but that could be just as effective as if you score a bunch of points. So, I don't know. I guess I guess I'll I'll spruce it up a little bit there and I'll say 21-17. Packers. Yeah, yeah, I'll say 21-17 Packers. I, I think I think it's going to be and this is also a game too where I think I think AJ Dillon could potentially get in twice. Mm-hmm. If they use him properly, I mean, I don't want to forget about Aaron Jones. I want Jones to get his what is it, 20 or 25 touches and 25, they rarely yeah. lose when that happens. I still I still want to see those guys get the get the rock and if it's cold, you've got two running backs like that, this is the perfect time to do the obvious thing. I think they've got I think Baker will be good for two picks in this game. Like I think they, they they know how to play him like you, like we talked about he's gonna he's gonna give you here take a couple of these and they just have to capitalize on it um but yeah they the, it'll be it'll be monday night it'll be cold they're gonna packers are gonna get out and do a lead the rams are gonna have to start throwing it and i think they i think they'll actually be opportunistic so baker's gonna throw two it's the mat, a matter of whether or not the packers defensive backs or defenders can actually catch the <laughs> catch ball them. It's, yeah. it's cold i mean it's a cold rock it's, yep. you know, it, it's, it's tough to, as much as it's, it was a home field advantage. I mean, we think back to the nineties when it was those Packers and, and just the, the huge advantage Lambeau field was, I mean, the Packers had never lost there in the playoffs and late in the season, it was like, you go, if you're going there in December, just, you know, load up the bus, chalk it up, chalk up the L, yep. <laughs> but the Packers now, I mean, it, it impacts everybody equally. I feel like just this, today's football players are, are different. They don't spend as much time 
in one city. They they don't get as acclimated to it. And so the Packers can be just as impacted by the cold as, as other teams, as we've seen. We yeah. talked about some of those unfortunate playoff games at Lambeau that didn't go well. There was one last year against the Niners, a, a team from the Bay that doesn't get a lot of snow, who ended up once again being on the good side of things against the Packers. Yep. So, all right, well, that will wrap it up for the Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. Ma, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, remind everybody, so Last Call Lambo is at Game On Wisconsin every Friday, and this was coming off a of bye week, so do we have an episode this week? Yep, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll be recording tomorrow, so there'll be a new episode out uh, Friday morning. Awesome, very good. Thanks again for coming on. Thanks, everybody, for following along with us. We'll be back again next week. We'll check in on Mark and see how he's feeling as we break down what happened in the Rams game and get ready to preview a Christmas Day game against the Miami Dolphins. Hope everybody is staying safe, staying warm, and as always, Go Pack Go! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.